0: Paula asked, um, "Is, it, this is the, we're going on the, the fifth year of starting a supper club. We started about f- almost four years ago, right? In 2016. And so this will be my fourth time. So I'm gonna speak again in 2021. <laughs> and, and Paula said something to me earlier today, and I have to remember to look at my notes. If not, I'll just go on these bunny, bunny trails. Um Paula said something to me today as I was preparing to come over here, and I always get super nervous because I don't do this very often, and she said it's based on your availability, not your ability, and that's, that's my story right there. I want to be as available as possible. I don't know if I have the ability, and this, is, this, this message right here is all God. It's not Chris at all. It's all God. I, um, this is not a normal message I would do, and I'm doing it on the parable of the talents. It, it, it kind of fascinated me. I heard this story a long time ago, actually 30 years ago, and um, I want to make it into a positive thing. This, This story, it's easy for people who tend to go negative, could hear this message and think negative, negatively, right? But I think this is really a good story of how awesome God is and the things he does for us and the talents and the abilities and everything he gives us. And we're going to get into some scripture here in a second. We're going to be studying uh, Matthew, uh, chapter 25, verses. We're going to start with 13. We're going to go through 14 through 30. I'm going to actually try to read it. I can't memorize it that well. Um, Several years ago, there was a survey done, and I don't know which group they picked, of a bunch of Americans. And they asked these Americans, what are some of your regrets? And what are some of your short-term regrets? And this group of Americans, and I got to say, I don't know who these Americans were. I wasn't asked this, because I would have given probably some different answers. But one of the short-term answers was um, people regret taking action. Uh, Like, for example, not exercising more, or not saying no to that extra slice of pie. right? But when they asked this group of people what are maybe some of the bigger regrets that they had, most people said that some of their biggest regrets were inaction, not taking action, right? I don't know about any of you, don't raise your hand, but that's, that's me right there. Not taking action when God has called me to do something. I think most of us know, and if you don't, ask somebody you know. We'll get into this more in a little bit. We all are given gifts and talents and abilities, right? And usually we have that impression of what that is. Most of us know what that is. If not, I'll ask my wife. She'll tell you right away, right? In fact, most of you, if you have a relationship with my wife, she will tell you what she thinks your talents are. And she's really good at that. I think that's part of her her prophetic um, gifting. I really do. I don't know if I have that gifting. I think I have some discerning type of giftings, but I don't know if I have that kind of gifting. But most people have regrets for inaction. And that just, that hit me because I think about myself and all the things that, I took action on a lot of stuff that I was scared to death to do. This right here, I don't have a problem speaking in front of people, but for me, it's the preparation and getting it organized. I hate looking at notes. I would rather walk back and forth and go, hey, Tim, what's up, man? Right, last time I spoke, Paula wasn't here. I think, where were you when I spoke last? Where were you? You are in Breckenridge with some girlfriends. And so I, I don't know if you guys remember, I did my Paula impression. Do you guys remember my Paula impression? Hey, good to see you. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hi. And that is, that, is, that, is, that is just how much she loves people. She's so happy to see people here. And I'm so glad you guys are all here. Um, I want to stop for a second, though, and pray. I really have this sense that there are, um, and I'm I'm one of them. People right now, they're kind of struggling with something. And maybe they're discouraged or disappointed in what's going on. I'm just glad you're here. It's better to be here than to be binging Netflix, right? It's better to be here than binging. Even if you're going to be listening to me, I'm glad you're here. Lord, I just want to thank you for all your children that are here that you prompt them to be here, and for some, some reason, maybe they led to be here. But I just want to thank you that you meet them where they're at right now, and you feel that gap where they feel, mm, where they feel maybe discouragement, or they don't feel good enough, or there's something going on that's really maybe some type of tragedy. I just ask that you intervene in the situation in their life and let them know that you are here, you are with them, and they are not alone. I just pray over everyone here that your presence be known by each person. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, the um, what I'm going to want to talk about tonight—I don't know if I'm really going to teach on, but we're going to talk about it. Okay? Um, it's the parable of the talents, which is in Matthew um, chapter 25. And I first heard about this <laughs> back in the day when I was searching to figure out stuff. I did all kinds of stuff. I did, uh, you ever you guys ever hear LifeSpring? It's kind of like an S type of thing. I did that kind of stuff. I, was, I, I didn't grow up a Christian. I grew up in a Catholic family. Nothing wrong with that, but there was no relationship with God. And so I was trying to understand what was my purpose. I really wanted to know what my purpose was. And so I, I, I did all these different types of things. I took uh, LifeSpring. I, I did this whole week-long encounter. It was pretty intense. I think I was in my early 20s. And then right around 1990 or so, 1989, is when I heard the story of the talents. And I was at an Anthony Robbins weekend seminar. And if you guys know of Anthony Robbins, he was big time back then. He was on TV all the time. I had his books. I had his tapes. I was on his monthly subscription. I got to meet him. He is a big dude, man. Let me tell you, this dude is a giant. He is a big dude. And he, he was talking about investments. And he stole and he and he stole. He he told the story of the parable of the talents. And I'm like I never read that before, but apparently it's in the Bible. But he didn't talk about people's giftings, it was strictly about money. And we're going to go into how this parable unfolds and what Jesus is trying to tell the disciples. Um So it starts off in Matthew where the disciples, the disciples are trying to pin down Jesus. Okay, you say you're going away. We don't really get that. And I think we represent the disciples, a lot of us, right? We're just not getting what Jesus is trying to say to us. So he had to tell a story, which is what a parable is, to try to get it through their, their minds and what was, what was happening. And one of the things they asked him, he says, Tell us the time and date. When are you returning? And this is how he answered them. And I think this is in Matthew 25, 13. Okay, this is what he says, Matthew 25, 13. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. And he's talking about his return. And then he goes into... Matthew, verse 14. Let me read this, okay? For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. So he is referring to them asking when the time and the day is, right? For it is like a man about to go on a journey who has called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents. To another he gave two talents. And to another... One, each according to his ability. And this is key. As we get into this a little bit later, um, we're going to understand that just because you've got two talents doesn't mean you're less important than the person who has five talents. Right? Immediately, and I love this word immediately. This is in uh, Matthew 25:16. The one who received five talents went and traded with them and, gave, and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. How many of you guys have heard this? I'm sure most of you guys have heard the story. Have you, have you guys heard the story before? All right. Have you heard it related to people's talents or abilities? Or have you heard it in reference to money? Or both? Both? Okay. All right. We're gonna give some examples of of what a talent is as far as money goes, but I think there's a a, a bigger understanding here. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The one who received five talents came up and brought five more talents to the master. Master, you have entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more talents. And then his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. That's good stuff right there. Also, the one who received two talents came up to the master. Master, you have entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. So the same thing. And the one who also received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. So he basically didn't invest into anything with it. He hid it in the ground, and he goes, here you go. Well, hmm. this doesn't go well for this guy, does it? But his master, his mas- his master answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed then you ought to have put my money in the bank and upon my arrival I would have at least received interest I would have received money back therefore take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents for the one who has the, for the one who has more shall be given and he will be given abundance but from the one who does not have even what he shall be taken away even what he has shall be taken away throw out the worthless servant into the darkness. In that place, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is really discouraging, guys. I don't know about you, but that's really rough. And so we're not, I don't want to really focus on that. That's important, though, because we're, we're held accountable by the talents that we're given. So these are some observations, and you guys are willing to shout out. These are the observations my, I made. Now, for me, who is not a, really a studier of, of this kind of stuff, For me, looking at this, this is the first thing I observed. First of all, the man goes away on a long journey. This obviously represents Jesus, right? Jesus is gone. He's gone away. And he's ultra-wealthy by the amount of money. We're going to see here in a second how much money he did give them. And a long journey back in the day, because it says he went on a long journey, was probably a year, two years, or more. I'm guessing back then they probably traveled by oxen or they... Walked most of the time, right? And then while he was away, there is a lot of work that needed to be done. So, what happens here is obviously, this is the Lord. Give us an example of what's going on when he leaves. While he's gone, we're in management mode. We got to get to work, right? Are we supposed to just sit around and do nothing? No. We're not supposed to sit around. We're supposed to be doing stuff. And so in the example where he has the talents, he wants us doing things and investing. He wants us to invest in the things he's given us, right? And I don't know if you guys caught this. The amount of the talents was given to each of them based on their ability. Now, I've always wondered when I read this. I go, am I a one-talent guy? Am I a five-talent guy? Am I a two-talent guy? I don't know, but it doesn't matter because his response to each of these servants was the same who invested. To the five-talent guy, he didn't say, you got me five more talents, you're better than the guy who gave me two talents. He didn't say that. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. What a thing to hear, right? And the other thing I noticed here is that um, these servants didn't compare with each other. So one servant didn't go, ha ha, I got five talents, you got two, bro or you got one. The guy who got one, he must be worthless. No, they didn't even compare with each other. They went out with the ability God gave them and invested wisely, except the guy who gave one. Hey, Caleb, can you put that picture up? There it is. So I got this off the Google, but I saw this, um, I was watching a video of, uh, I think his. Was, his last name was Fritz. He was a speaker. and I, He was doing a, a story about the Parable of Talents, and, I, and a little bit different than how I did it. But this, this is what a talent is. It's basically a unit of measure. They would put this on a scale, and this weighs about 75 pounds. They would put it on a scale, and they would weigh silver or gold. So that's 75 pounds right there, all right? So not that these guys are hauling around these things, but it just kind of gives you a visual of how much gold or silver that was. So in today's worth, one talent of gold is worth $1.8 million. Five talents is worth $9 million. The servant who was given two talents, $3.6 million. And the one who was given one talent, $1.8 million. However, from what I read, the predominant currency back then was silver. So silver is obviously not worth as much as gold, but it's, it's still worth a lot of money. One talent's a lot of money. Five talents is an enormous amount. I've read four years salary. So, and I've seen as much as five years, six years, so it, it's, it's a lot. So these guys are, have been given a lot of money, just to give you kind of an idea on the scale of that. So don't feel sorry for the one servant who got the one talent. He was still given a lot. He was still given a lot. Um, God will give you everything you need to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. He gives us all the ability. And I I hate to burst everybody's bubble here. I think a lot of us struggle with uh, comparison. We're looking in everybody else's talents and we're not checking out our own. But I I believe we live in Douglas County, most of us. The fact that you're here and you drove a car here, we're all doing pretty good, right? I think we're all doing really good. So I don't think, I know when he says to the the one servant, you wicked and lazy servant, I don't think anybody here is lazy. I think everybody here is, you're working. You guys are doing what you guys need to do. But I think what we get caught up in, and this is, this is I'm going to raise my hand. I'm not going to anybody raise their hand. We get caught up in distraction. God has given us these abilities. He's given us these talents to help further his kingdom. That's the purpose of these talents, of these gifts and abilities, is to further his kingdom. Well, what happens is we get distracted and we start thinking of other stuff. And then we start looking in somebody else's talent bag. Well, how come they got five and I got two? Right? And we're not focusing on... What God has given us, and that is that is this day and age that is common, and it's common for me. I'm like binging Netflix or looking at stuff on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. I was—I don't know who said this. Do you guys remember the old little portable cameras? Right, you you take pictures, or even your regular camera, you have to go take it to the uh, the photo guy and have him develop it. Well, nowadays. People are doing pictures themselves and they're deleting the one that doesn't look good. So everything we see is everybody almost in their perfect self. And so we're comparing, especially a lot of the youth, they're comparing themselves to people that just have, they look perfect. Their life looks perfect and everything looks perfect because they got that one perfect shot. Oh, if I could just look like her, if I had that car, if I had that house. And I am more guilty than anybody about comparing talents. I look back to my own life, and I, I, I don't even have this in the notes, but if you knew my family, my fam- and I love my family, but I kind of grew up in a household of fear, of afraid to do stuff, afraid to take a risk. And I was the guy in my family that tried to encourage them to do stuff and to go out and take a risk. And I was the one, I think, was taking a lot of risks and doing a lot of scary stuff. For me, for some people, it would be natural stuff, but for me to go, I went to Alaska, and when I was 22 years old, I knew one person, and I got a job up in Alaska, and I helped build a lodge, and I was a fishing guide. I was scared, I was scared to death. After the first week, I wanted to go home. I'm like, man, this is just crazy stuff. I got involved in, uh, I talked about this before, I got involved in DECA and the San Jose City College Marketing Club. I was working full-time and going to school part-time, and it took me a long, long time to get through college, And I could have easily given up. I was one of the only ones in my family to go to college. None of my cousins did. My dad did. My mom didn't. My brother didn't. None of my cousins. None of my aunts and uncles. Nobody went to college. And it took me 10 years to get my college degree. And it was hard. And when I was involved in DECA, which is Distributive Education Clubs of America, that really brought me out of my shell. And I had an instructor who encouraged me He saw something in me, Dr. A, we called him, Dr. Atkinson, I've talked about this before, but he's probably one of the greatest influences in my life because he encouraged me when I didn't feel like I had any encouragement or anybody supporting me. Because I didn't hear from my dad, I love my dad, but man, it was always to the negative, always. My mom always showed lots of mercy, but she never encouraged me. Well, he encouraged me to run for president of the marketing club, and it was the biggest marketing club in the state of California. We had like 200 members. And so when I got, became the president, I had to go speak to a group of people of about two, 300 people. And I'm like 22, 23 years old. And I was scared to death. I wrote down some notes. I don't even remember what I said. I was scared to death, but I did it. I stepped out I stepped on, on faith and did that. And then when I was in college, I did some things. I was president of my, my pledge class. I was in a business fraternity. I was vice president of my... Um, uh, fraternity, And I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to impress anybody because I'm not. I was scared to do these things, but I felt like I was called to do stuff, and I needed to step out in faith to do this kind of stuff. I felt like God was calling me to do things, maybe to build my confidence, maybe to get prepare me for something like this. Maybe that was it. Now, as I mentioned before, everybody here has a big bag of talents. We need to focus on our talents. And as I mentioned before, if you don't know what those talents are, ask somebody. Ask somebody who pursues God. Get involved in a group like this. Ask your spouse, ask your friends, ask your family members. But this is what I learned from God. This is what I learned from Bob. I meant to say Bob Holloway. Bob has such, been such a great father figure for me and one of the greatest influences in my life. Because you, you're, you're an encourager, Bob. And we all need encouragers. If you know Bob Holloway, he's an encourager. I really think we all should be encouragers encourage people in their giftings and to challenge them. But what I learned from Bob, and I learned this when we did Celebrate Recovery, which was STAR, and I think it's one of the greatest things ever because, yes, we can ask our friend, we can ask our spouse, we can ask somebody else, what do you think my talents are? I'm not sure what they are. You know what Bob would say? Ask the Lord. Ask God. God's waiting for you to tell him, to ask him. He said, I'm right here. I'm with you right now. Ask me. I want to have a relationship with you so bad. Just ask me. I think about my son. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I don't want to embarrass my son. You know what kind of joy it brings me to have my son here right now? For him to come down, to get off work, and to come down here to listen to his old man? I, I, I can't tell you the kind of joy it brings me. But STAR is an acronym for STOP. Stop what you're doing. Turn. Ask and respond. Stop, turn, ask, respond. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do in this area? Is this an area I'm gifted in? Should I be pursuing this or not? God will tell you. He will bring somebody into your life because God uses people, right? He may give you impression. He may tell you. Uh, Last time I spoke, I had never had a revelation before, ever, 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 that I was aware of. And the last time I spoke, those of you here know, I had been working on a message. Paula was out of town, and I was working on my message, and that morning I just stopped turn, and I asked God, and guess what? He responded. And if you, if, you, if you hear that message, God gave me this image of how much he loved me. And he gave me this image and this revelation. It was a flash, but I went into detail. I wrote five or six pages of note, and I shared it. It's because I stopped, turned, and I asked God. And I think that's the number one thing we can learn from this thing, from this message, is to ask God. Now, before, I didn't want to I didn't want to focus on the negative of this one, because that's pretty, that's pretty gnarly stuff, you wicked and slothful servant, or wicked and lazy. But this guy didn't know God. The other servants were fine, were fine with the master, right? They were completely fine with the master. This guy did not know the master at all, because he called him hard. And I think the word in the Greek was sclerosis which is like hardening of the bones or something like that. I think that's what I read. And um, he didn't know God. So stop, turn, ask, and God will respond. Um, some of the talents, we're going to wrap this up here in a second. I wrote down a list of talents that I just came up with, and, and I'm sure these, there's, there's thousands more. And in fact, this is so funny, my daughter, Amanda, <laughs> She was in Phoenix, Arizona uh, for a trade show. She works for the American Gem Society, and they, they send her around to go meet clients and that kind of stuff. And she sent me the results of an online app or website to help you discover, discover your talents. She sent this to me yesterday. I go, wow, is that a coincidence? No, it's not. So I did it. And I, I think the number one I, I, I put was discernment. I can't remember the other ones, but I sent it back to her, and I just thought that was so interesting. All right, so here's a list of talents. Uh, gifts and abilities, serving others, right? We have people here that serve others all the time. Um, Debbie Blanchard, where's Debbie? Thank you for what you do. And all the other people here that, that cook and help out and, and do what you do. Caleb, thanks for what you do. We just appreciate you guys so much. That's a gift, and that helps advance the kingdom of God, right? Encouragement. This is my favorite right here. Encouragement. We are in such a negative... This world is so negative. Oh my gosh. I, I, we were talking in our, our group, and I had to turn off the news. I can't watch the news hardly anymore. If you know me, you know my views. But I cannot watch that crap. It's just negative, negative, negative. Even though I, I believe it and I buy into it, man, it doesn't do me any good. But encouraging others, especially if you see something in them that's, that's a gifting. And I also believe part of encouragement is challenging. If I wasn't challenged by, by college people, instructors and, and friends that I had, a lot of my friends were always older than me um, back in the day, and I was getting challenged all the time to do stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I, I, let's try it, right? What's going to happen if it doesn't work out? Oh, well. Teaching. Bob, you have a heck of a gift. Sandy and Tom, you guys have great gifts in this teaching area too. Evangelism. I used to think, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I must not have any gifts. Because I remember seeing evangelists come and listening to them speak, listening to them present the word, and people would come down and get saved. I'm like, oh, if I only had that talent. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe that's not my talent bag, but there's other, there's, other, there's other items in my talent bag. Prophecy. This is something that I'm, that I'm new to, is prophecy. I was scared to death of the prophetic until I started going to the rock and I met Paul, and, and I had Bob Hazlick. I think it was in 2012, Paula made me go down in front, right? Stacy knows all about this, right, Stacy? <laughs> she made me go down in front, took me out of my comfort zone, and Bob Hayes, like, man, he read my mail, and I was bawling. He was saying stuff about me, and I was just weeping, and it was life-changing me, and I, I believe in the prophetic. Some people have those prophetic abilities, right? Um, some people have the ability to make money, And build businesses. What a great talent that is, right? And guess what? You can advance the kingdom of God with your money, right? You can build ministries. You can sow into these missionaries that are traveling, right? There's people. There's senders, and the people that actually um, uh, support the senders, and I we need those people, right? Um, Missionary work. Work. People that do missionary type work. I think of you two right here, Mike and Terry. You guys getting ready to go to India? That's some that's some missionary. We're going to India, right? When are you guys leaving? Uh, April 10th. April 10th. May 2nd. May 2nd. So you guys are gone for almost a month to India. Uh, Bless you. Anybody else who goes on missions, bless you guys. Right. You're ready to go? Yeah, you're... No, I was just like, pray for me, pray for me. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's especially India. Yeah. Like, you're like can, we, can we go be a missionary in Hawaii? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or Costa Rica or, or Cancun? That's where I want to go. I want to go to Cancun, right? Um, people that are, that are good with helping the homeless and have compassion for the less fortunate. Praying for others. Paul and I both, because of the things we've been through and the brokenness in our life, we have... Such compassion for the broken and people that have been broken. We both talk about it, and we weep, and we pray for people. We hate to see people that are broken going through those, because we were there. We have compassion for those people. All right, we're going to wrap this up right here, and then we're going to go eat. We're going to thank King Supers, Right, is it King Supers? And especially Debbie Blanchard. Joe and Stephanie, they cook all the time. Thank you guys, appreciate that. Those pot pies are my favorite. (laughs) And your Italian food, right? That Italian food is good. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Now I got a thousand notes. Let me get to that last page. And we'll go eat. Oh, this is it right here. So, when the master, who's the Lord, says, "Well done, good and faithful servant," oh my gosh! You know, you think of being in the Olympics and getting a gold medal, right? You think about winning the Super Bowl or winning an Oscar or an Emmy. There's nothing that compares to what we're going to hear when we meet the Lord, and He's going to say, "Well done." good and faithful servant. I can't wait for that for myself and for all of you. Thank you for being here. Let me pray, okay? Lord, thank you so much um, for everyone here. You're not here by accident. I just appreciate you. We appreciate you being here and supporting us. And I just pray that this message was received in a positive way, that there is no condemnation, the Lord loves you, and he blesses you, and that he reveals those areas in your life where you have those talents and abilities, where you can use those to glorify him and to advance the kingdom. We just thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Amen.